Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. All that I feel is a reflection of my self-worth. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we are now bringing you live Love Life from... HQ, Jane's got a new office, and just like Jane, it's very red. It's got lots and lots of red on the walls and, and touches and accents of red. It's got candles, it's got affirmations, it's got positive things, it's got love hearts, it's got really good vibrations, and it's in a very, very good hub with lots of other like-minded, holistic people. So we're feeling quite excited about our new office, aren't we, Jane? We are. It's amazing. I think we just upgraded. Like, I think we did. We feel like we just had a bit of a vibrational upgrade, and the universe has put us into a new chapter. Yeah, We've just met one of the neighbours, one of the guys that has a room here as well, who's this amazing hypnotherapist that... And we do not say that lightly. You know how rarely we interview other people? We are so going to interview him for you guys. He's going to rock your world. We're not going to give too much away, except we're just going to say this guy is curing cancer with hypnotism. So he Worldwide. He knows his shit. And this is our first day in my new office, and he's in the office next door. Like, you know, really? Synchronicity? We don't believe in that. Thank you, universe. So love life stepping into a new energetic power base and it's exciting for us. It's exciting for you guys because you're going to be the lucky recipients of all of this new power pack charge of energy and vibration, which we really feel like we're coming into and we feel like 2016 is going to be a whole new chapter of excitingness. So anyway... Let's just ground ourselves and just bring it back down to today's topic, which is jealousy. And when I told Jane that we'd had a, a message about this, and Jane's like, haven't we done this before? Look, I don't, we, I don't think we've done, we haven't done a full 30 minutes just on the very individual emotion of jealousy. And jealousy presents in many different ways. So it's important today that we look at not only what it feels like to feel jealous, and why, why you're feeling that way and what you can do about it. But also, what do you do if people in your life are really jealous of you and make you feel quite uncomfortable about it? I mean, these are two quite interesting scenarios. Have you experienced jealousy much in your life, Jo? I've been jealous and I've had people be jealous of me. Mm. Um, I actually, I think it's harder almost to deal with when somebody is jealous of you. So when you're feeling jealousy of another, you're, you're empowered where you can shift that thought process. You can shift that. Yeah. But it is very hard to be on the receiving end of other people's jealousy. So where do we want to start? Which way? Do we want to start with feeling jealousy for another? Yeah. I okay. think let's begin with um, feeling jealous because it's a little bit of a lower vibrational emotion. It's insecurity. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's I'm not good enough. It's... Um, somebody else has the perceived power to threaten me in some way with my stance with my reputation with with how others view me with am i like you know i'm thinking for example let's take a really basic example you and your husband are having a lovely day lovely drive or go to the park or go out for a dance and he his head turns because he does he looks at the blonde (laughs) and and you're thinking well what's she got that i don't and or whatever you, whatever you think, you, you, you know, you get that pang or that sting. Now, okay, it's different if it's your husband. Let's say you're seeing someone in, your, in the first eight weeks of a new relationship, and all of a sudden a picture pops up on his Facebook feed, and he's gone off. Uh, he's at a winery, and he's got his, his arm around a girl, and you're thinking, well, 
is she a friend? Is she a cousin? Is she somebody he hasn't mentioned? Like, who is this? Is she? Is it platonic? I mean, I assume it's platonic because he's with me, but, you know, it, it's these kind of feelings that come up, and then you start questioning, questioning, questioning. Why do we do this? Why do we second guess who we are and what we bring to the table in life? When we really have to remember, and I've said this before on the podcast in other versions, but everyone is like like a special snowflake. Like they are a unique fingerprint. The, the particular combination of chemistry of vibration that is your complex makeup that is your soul that is married with your experience with your wisdom your you know your life history your everything it's you it's completely unreplicable it's completely uncopyable nobody else even if you took a thousand hot blondes and put them in a row how different would they all be and just it's like that dating in the dark tv show jack oh that's funny if we blindfolded ourselves and walked along that row of identical looking blonde women and chatted to each of them just imagine all the different energies personalities belief systems cultural differences you'd actually get from all those people so i'm really talking in a lot of different tangents here but basically i'm saying the minute we we get a smack of jealousy in life you see something that's a perceived threat, it's sort of threatening something that you're supposed to be bringing to the table. (laughs) First of all, can we just have a reminder that it is 100% your perception and none of it is true. There's no such thing as truth. That person may not necessarily be that perceived thing at all, at all what you think they are or what they're bringing or what the other person sees in them, at all. And it's time to do a little bit more deeper looking and prodding around at what the wound is in you that feels so insecure that this has become an issue. It's also about knowing yourself. If you really don't know who you are, then you're vulnerable to other people being perceived as better than you. So by getting to really know who you are and feeling very secure in what you bring to the party gives you the confidence to stand knowing that you are worthy. So when you start to feel jealousy of another, it is your inner child doing a little dance of nervousness and saying, look out, somebody is actually the real deal. You're the fake. There's the real one. So I want to remind you of, I've talked about this in past podcasts of where I interviewed dozens, if not over a couple, maybe a hundred or a couple of hundred different entertainers who were all very talented in their field, whether they were singers, dancers, actors, variety performers, models, etc. And each one of them truly believed that they weren't as good as others. And they were all waiting for the tap on the shoulder to say, please step aside. The real singer's here now or the real dancer's here now. You've just been getting away with it for a while. Everybody has this feeling about themselves. So to start to build in your sense of self-worth is going to therefore diminish the need for you to feel jealous of anybody else because you know you are whole and complete and capable and, and able to bring to the party whatever it is that you're wanting to bring. But when you feel those feelings of jealousy in another, it's almost similar to the shadow side uh, exercise that we did in our masterclass where it was find somebody that you really like or find somebody you really don't like and list the three qualities and that is the mirror that's being held up to you jealousy is very simple similar in that when you are jealous of another 
it's because they have in your perception something that you desire and are wanting more of in your life. So is it that that blonde was sexier and you were feeling tired and you're in your tracksuit and your Ugg boots and no makeup and hair and a pony? It doesn't matter whether it's that simple or something much greater. So have a look at what specifically is it that you feel jealousy about or jealous about and then look at how is it that I could be having more of that in my life? Have I been suppressing this within my life? Yeah, like let's take the example of workplace jealousy, for example. You know, maybe you've been, you know, doggedly gunning away in the same old job for five years and all of a sudden this whippersnapper gets hired and comes in and they don't even have as much experience as you and they didn't even go to uni and everybody bloody loves them and they come in and everyone starts talking about how fabulous Mark is or Sam is or Jessica is and it's like, oh, and you just start getting a little bit cops, you know, put out about it and almost a bit resentful about it and like who do they think they are anyway minute before you know it you're having little bitches in the staff room about about jessica with the other girl at the water cooler and did you see what she was wearing and like you know all of this kind of behavior comes and you start to undermine that person absolutely so then you start to be passive aggressive and you start chipping away and so what what one of the ugliest things about jealousy is it's not actually that what you're feeling it's actually what it then triggers, what behaviour it triggers in you Toxic that behaviors. keeps you waking up at three in the morning right. because it's that behaviour that you know you're better than, right. but you just can't stop it because you're threatened. But off the back of what Jane just said a few minutes ago, so how can we take this as an opportunity to actually further ourselves and get somewhere and kind of almost channel it into a more creative forward propulsion energy? So rather than being like, oh, my God, that person is, is better than me or prettier than me or smarter than me or funnier than me, whatever it is, and then getting all wallowing in the doldrums about it. What if you said, aha, so that's the area that I haven't been putting enough into. Beautiful. I, I haven't been glam for a while and maybe I need to have a night where I really glam up and surprise my partner. Or I know that I am actually weak in that particular sector of communications at my work and I really should have taken that course last year that I didn't take and it's actually time that I do it. Because if a 21-year-old if a can come in and do it, I think it's about bloody time I can do it. You know? You've got to do you know when you... Yes, I love that. When you're in that moment of feeling jealousy... It is actually very closely linked to shame. Oh, refer back to, um, oh, I thought it was that episode, Jane. Didn't we do, well, when we did the... Guilt and shame. When we did the... We did embarrassment and guilt. Episode on embarrassment yeah. and guilt. It's we did touch on shame. very close to what Jane's talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. So when you're feeling shame at an area that you know subconsciously or consciously that you had been wanting to work on and you just didn't. You've been neglecting something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're actually angry at yourself. Yeah. But you're going to project that anger on the person that's actually done whatever it is you haven't done. And they're just holding up a mirror to you. So let's look at... Which actually flips to the other side of what about when somebody's jealous of you. No, 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 no. I'm not ready for that yet. Not ready? Okay. I've got three more things to say. First of all, (laughs) I've got to give my anecdote of the lady at the chicken shop. Okay. Okay. Second of all, I did want to also talk about, and many people would nod their heads along to this, what happens if in the family there was a favourite? Mm-hmm. And, you know, older brother was always the light shined out of his bloody, you know, he had a halo, you know, or it was the baby of the family. She always got all the stuff and I had to, you know, I had the strict parents and I had to work so hard and she got away with murder. You know, what happens if you're actually jealous of a sibling? You know, that can actually be a very uncomfortable dynamic which can last for years and gets dragged out every Christmas and every time they go and have another baby and everyone loves them again or, you know, they go, they've gone off to university and got another bloody, you know, doctorate in something else. <laughs> 
I mean, from a spiritual point of view, because, you know, every now and then somebody will come to me for a reading and they'll be like, I really want to talk about my sister or, you know, my brother. And it's usually that it's more of a, we're getting into real soul stuff here where you've really put up your hand in a soul contract sense to be born in close proximity to somebody you can never get away from who is really going to challenge your your themes, your soul themes around self-worth and stuff. Now, usually it's picking up where you last left off from a past life, I find. So let's say the two of you were in business before and you're really competitive and something went down or one of you betrayed the other or, you know, I don't know, one of you ran off and married the one that you wanted to marry, like stuff like that. And then you come back in this lifetime to try and figure it out. How many siblings are there? I'm speaking as an only child here, so I don't actually know, but I, I hear this. Well, I had this in my life. I always felt that my brother was definitely smarter, cleverer, favoured, loved more, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But to talk to my mum, she truly, and I do believe her now that I am the mother of two children, I understand that you absolutely do love your children equally, that there there are times that one will be behaving better than the other that right. you are fonder of in that moment. <laughs> but as far as love goes, you never love one more than the other. I think there are some parents that do love one more than the other. Okay, well, I'm not one of those. No, you, of course you're not. However... I, my mum also was, she was so fair and I do remember now as an adult looking back, I realised now she was very fair on, uh, as treating us both completely equal, but she shares that she had to give me twice as much of everything mm. for me to feel like I was, yeah, exactly. I was the equivalent of my brother. Yeah. Now my two daughters, I've got the same scenario going on. My youngest truly deeply believes that we love my oldest daughter, more, now that and me, she's gathered years of evidence. That smacks of past life stuff to years. me. It really does. Good, I'll send she, it to you and you yeah, can sort her out. She's coming in with a pre-programmed idea about that. I really feel that. She that's had this deep. from very, very young. Case she was like about four years old when she'd gathered evidence. Point proven. She had a list that she went, but what about this? Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. I was gobsmacked. Yeah. I actually was in awe of her clever mind at so young that she could actually do that. And then I thought, holy shit, I've got a lifetime with this child. <laughs> her very, very strong mind that she's capable of distorting things mm, very mm, well. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing with siblings that happens is when, you know, people say, like, I just feel like I was dropped down by the aliens because I don't understand anyone in my family. My brother and I are so different. It's like chalk and cheese. We can't relate. We can't even hold a conversation because he's, like, in this dimension and I'm in that dimension. And there's a lot of families like that. I, I have a client and she's a twin and she hasn't spoken to her twin for years because her twin is mental. Cool. Like, right. So, I mean, look. You've got to look at your gifts and you've got to look at what it is that, that's being held up to you that you need to work on. So my lady in the chicken shop. Yes. I've got my little chicken shop that I go to because I'm not a vegetarian, but it is, it is a chicken shop for happy chickens as far as I can ascertain. And they're all very fed the kind of grain that they're supposed to be fed. And they're all, you know, stroked and told they loved before they're put to bed tonight and then before they're murdered. Anyway, so that's, that's my chicken shop. So I go in, get my chicken... <laughs> And here's, they've got this new woman there, and she's, this This is going to sound horrible, but if you're in Australia, you're just going to know what I mean, and take this with a grain of non-spiritual salt. She's a bit like a hard-edged bogan, right? She's just like a, she's just, she's rough as guts, and she's she's young in, in like, I'd say she's in her early 30s, and she's just got one of those chiseled out hard faces and lean, sharp, pointy bodies, and she looks like one of those women who, she's had a long, tough, Fucked fucking life like it's just been a push shit uphill kind of a life and she's not giving out a lot of love can tell you <laughs> <laughs> so 
She's happy those chickens are dead. I actually, well, yeah. Mm. And so, you know, I go into the chicken shop and I see her. And it's never really... I've only just sort of noticed it in that kind of abstract way and then sort of moved on. But the other day I went in to get my chicken and she was actually almost being deliberately, obnoxiously, specifically rude to me. Like, and I was just kind of observing it like... Like she was like smacking the money down on the counter and, and not, you know, not um, like, and I said, thank you very much and I have a good day. Nothing. And then she was kind of like, you too. But she, she was just very, very. I have a bit of fun with people like okay, that. Okay, but I know you today. So hang on. So I walk out and I think, um, wow, um, she just hates her life and she's having a really bad day. But I had to circle around the market and I had to get some other groceries. And as I came back past the chicken shop on my way out, she was serving somebody else. And she was being lovely to them. And I and then I went Really? Hang on a minute. You. She doesn't like me. So then I had to get in the car and drive home and think all about the lady at the chicken shop doesn't like me. Because what what am I I've just I don't even I just broke up. I have two chicken breasts, please. Thank you so much. She's looking at me and she's picking up something that she doesn't like. Now I could project and speculate on this forever. And I'm probably wrong, but I'm projecting and speculating. She can sense my energy, that I'm happy and that I'm, I don't know, I'm doing good in my life and I'm coming around and I've got obviously a Tuesday afternoon off to be able to buy chicken and she doesn't. She doesn't have Tuesday afternoon off because she's got to work hard because her life sucks and I don't know. I'm just thinking. Yeah, they're they're possible theories. So I thought, okay, so I'm going to have to keep going back to this chicken shop. So this is an energy game. This is a law of attraction. This is vibration. Um, She's jealous of me. So how can I change this dynamic? Well, I've got to send it love, don't I? And I I have to somehow diffuse it because... I can't just be having people hate me just for showing up in life. Like, that's no fun. <laughs> so I put a bit of thought and love into it, and I went in with a different vibration of as much as I could of just sympathy, compassion, empathy, non-challenging, acceptance. You have no idea how much she fawned over me. She, she, she even went and got, like, a rubber band to wrap around the box of eggs and, like, extra, extra service and, like, it was really bizarre. No, but that's what it is. That's the thought, energy dance of life. God, and even even me. I mean, I fucking know this shit, and even I was shocked. Like, it's 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 that... amazing. It is the magic so, when you see that transformation. It is incredible. So, what would happen if you, dear listeners, challenged yourself no end, and you went to that person in the workplace, and you gave them a whole lot of love, appreciation, and respect? What would happen if that girl that your that your husband kissed years ago, that's still in your social circles, that still really bothers you whenever she rocks up at like a function? What would happen if you went over and really made an effort to get to know who she is as a person and found something you really liked about her? What would happen? Well, probably world peace would happen and then we'd all just evolve into a highly evolved planet. Exactly. <laughs> it would. Okay. End of story. Mm. End of love life. See you. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> but it is so true. And this we have spoken about this tool on other podcasts because I am such a fan of it. Like I've just seen it work hundreds of times. When somebody is projecting something negative to you, and because I'm a big personality and and I like to be a bit of a stirrer and, you know, stir the pot a bit, I get that happened to me a lot. So what do you do? But I, well, there's different situations. If it's somebody that I am going to be in contact with regularly, then I pump them full of love. And I recognise that when you're somebody who smiles a lot, when you really have a default setting of happiness, that doesn't mean you're happy all the time, but it is your default. A lot of people don't trust that. They think that it's fake. Yeah. And they also, that's the first thing, they all think it's fake. 
And then the second thing they think is, it's manipulative. What does she want from me? She's only doing this because she's wanting something from me. So the only way you can overcome that is through consistency and time. So I make the decision that I will consistently be kind, loving, smiling, happy, non-threatening in any way, not get involved in anything that's negative, and by time, over time, I will watch them shift. And normally on average for people in my life, it takes about three months, it takes quite a while for people to really believe that, no, this is who I am and get rid of the fear of, of, of being threatened in any way. Fascinating. Yeah, it took me a long time to actually work that out. I'm thinking here also of the beautiful Katrina Huskis, who we've referenced on the show, we actually interviewed when we had our radio show, who's a lifeline practitioner here in South Australia. She And I spent an afternoon with her once, and I just kind of observed in the most flabbergasted way how she interacts with life. She's like Jane on speed, like <laughs> Jane on heroin or cocaine or something. She's actually Jane 10 years ago. Right, right. And she just kind of goes through life adoring everybody she meets really loudly and publicly, it from the, the strange child on the footpath who she'll interact with their game to the old man to the kid on his bike. Like she, and She's fascinating yeah, to watch, isn't she? It's fascinating to watch because of what Jane's saying. People look at you like, are you taking the mickey? Is this, are you setting me up? What do you want? Are you selling something? What yep. the fuck is going on here? People are so unused to seeing yeah. displays of love and adoration. That's right. They're really unused. Unused. Um, un- oh, hello. Unused to. Hello. They're not used to it. <laughs> but, th- but that then brings me to the other side of it of what about if there is somebody that is... Um, Needing a bit of a wake-up call. The chicken shop lady that actually you only got to go to once every now and again and it really doesn't matter. I sometimes will say, you're back, like, their behaviour is not acceptable. It is not acceptable to project their negative shit at me when I am their client being respectful, being kind, giving them money for their products. That is not acceptable to me. And that is where I would just take my money and lean in very gently and just say... I'm really sorry that you're having a bad day. I can see that you're very unhappy. I hope that tomorrow's a better day for you. And then I walk out the door. I call them on their shit. Oh, my God. I don't think I actually have the guts to do that. You have just given me the biggest challenge ever. Well, there you go. The Everybody thought of doing do that it. terrifies me. <laughs> but you're doing it nicely. You're not going... You're not being mean or horrible. So what... It, it, it's, I have this thing, a bee in my bonnet, that... How people treat me is my responsibility. Because mm-hmm. you've got to train everyone in your life yes. around you as to how you want to be treated. Yes, that's so you right. you can't let anyone get away with anything, even if it's just the person in the chicken shop. That's right. Yes, well, that's how it used to be. I'm not quite so rigid any longer. It's like, whatever. I'm much more zen-like. But when I wasn't so zen-like, then that's what I would be doing. Mm. And, um, it's and it's a good, But it's a good tool to have yeah. up your sleeve because now it would be, if I'm going to the chicken shop every Friday night and... Um, and I am going to be seeing this person all the time, but they're not really in my social circle, and I'm only there for, you know, five minutes while I grab the chicken and pay for it, I still am going to do that because that's not how I wish to be treated. And it's my treat that I'm not cooking tonight and it's the end of the week and it's, it's getting this chicken is symbolic of relaxation time with my family, in my beautiful home and environment. No, I'm not going to go in and have hostile mm. attitude projected to me. That's not happening. Yeah. All right, so when other people are jealous of you... Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually virtually the same thing. Yeah, so, so we'll, we'll, we'll finish off today by, by exploring that a little bit. Um, so Jane's saying the best tactic is to 
find a polite, kind, warm, firm way to actually bring the white elephant up out of the room yeah. and just call them on. Yeah, exactly. So if somebody was jealous, like I have experienced a lot of people being jealous of me at different times and I never really understood why people weren't happy for me when I was sharing things that I was excited about that were occurring in my life. And then I realized it's because I'm, I'm highlighting to them what they haven't done and that they're wanting to do. And so then I decided I can be the teacher in this. And so, you know, when I wrote my first book, I, it was interesting how many people were, they had different reactions, a lot different than what I would have expected. Mm. And so it was like, well, you know, if you want to write a book, I can help you. There's a lot of there's very, a recipe on this. There's a lot of very bitchy, resentful, unpublished authors out there. I've definitely wandered into that community many right, times. Right, but and, that, that's just one example. It could yeah. be that um, I've just got the contract to do um, the opening ceremony for the Grand Prix, and then other choreographers and dancers and producers are, are jealous and bitchy and whatever. For sure. Um, but there's also been times when I have felt jealousy, but what I do is recognise there's a difference between jealousy and envy. So I think it's a long time since I've experienced jealousy, and I acknowledge that envy is something that I I am happy for them to have it. Yeah. Ha- however, I want it too. It's coming. And with- there's enough in the universe for us to all have it. Envy's a little bit more like it's coming with a little bit of begrudging respect, like, oh, I really bloody admire you. Exactly. I, I really envy that. And that for is me awesome. personally, to change my language from jealousy to envy actually made it much more acceptable for me to feel that in a moment. Mm. So, for example... But don't use um, it as an excuse, people. you still got to do the work. No, no, you do still have to do the work, but it's a softer energy and it's it's easier to then look on board of uh, to acknowledge what it is you're, tr- you're truly feeling. So, for example, I've got friends that are, um, are building a new home at the moment and both of them have OCD and I need a bit of that in my life because I've got none of it. <laughs> and my home, which I built 15, uh, 13 years ago, is really messy and cluttered. And I am so envious that they're going into this beautiful new home. But I also know that I'm envious that in 13 years I can go to their home and it's still going to look like a showroom. <laughs> right? So that's envy, but that is I am very happy for them. These are beautiful friends that I would never... It's not jealousy of... I want what they've got and they're not to have it because there's also that jealousy of I'm better than someone else versus wanting to be an equal. So when you acknowledge that your jealousy is not to take away from another but that you are wanting it as well, Mm. change it to then envy where it allows you to be happy for that person to have what they're wanting because then you don't slip into that negative behaviour of bitching about them to the the, the person at work at the water cooler or doing that passive-aggressive behaviour that really has you shaming yourself because it's not who you are, it's not how you want to be walking this lifetime. So shift to the envy. Acknowledge that that is what you are wanting as well, Mm. not instead of, as well. And as we know, we live in an abundant universe. Everyone can have whatever they want. Mm. Um, There's plenty to go around. And I found that that really helped very, very much. And I think the thing with jealousy as well is it does crop up almost most commonly between people who are in relationships with each other in in all stages of what that may mean in the early stages, later down the line when they're feeling a bit less chemistry together and they get a bit, you know... There's people having open relationships, poly- poly- polyamory, polygamy, um, which is fascinating. And 
there's a there's a girl who who's the tantric sex blogger of mytinysecrets.com, Adina Rivers. She's really interesting because she's in an open relationship and she's this young beautiful girl and she talks about how she, it, it's been such deep soul work for her to really deal with her jealousy of what her partner does because what is love? Can we love many, many people all at the same time? Well, spiritually, of course we can, but what does that look like in practice? What does it feel like when you try and actually do it? It's really hard as a soul to do. And these are higher concepts that people are looking into in spiritual ways. So I guess my only tip to do with when it comes into the relationships field is this is where communication, communication, communication is you're going to be your best friend vulnerability, raw truth speaking, share, share your thoughts and feelings with the other, disclose, tell them you looked at porn, tell them you had a crush on somebody, be honest about it, don't, because the minute you start hiding, you know, I've got a, I've got a platonic male friend, um, and then your, your partner's all like, uh, well, you know, well, hang on, let's, let's do this the right way, if I'm a chick and I'm dating a guy and he has, he says he's, that this chick is just a friend, well, fine, but the problem is when it's men and women, there's always the potential for it to go somewhere more. So you've always got that little shadow of a doubt. But, you know, if he's, if she's texting him and he's texting her, show me the phone and say, oh, I'm just texting Sarah. You know, oh, just, just, so, just to say that you feel included in, in, in what's going on in people's other dynamics with But other also people. ask yourself, with that person that he is being friends with, what is it that that girl is giving him that's not happening in the relationship? And you can then look at it. I remember my husband years and years ago being jealous of a very deep friend I had who was gay. And I looked at it and I thought, what was going on? Why was I spending so much time with this lovely gay friend of mine? And it was because he was funny. And I realised Simon and I didn't actually ever have funny in our relationship. We've got lots of things in our relationship. We didn't have funny. So then I looked at how can I bring funny into our relationship? And I no longer had the need to go outside to experience a different dimension. I bloody love your work, Jane. Thank you so much, darling. I love yours too. Because we just love everybody here. All that I feel is a reflection of my self-worth. Have a little marinate on that. That is an awesome affirmation. I reckon it's up there with Louise Hayes's. All that I feel is a reflection of my self-worth. Get on the self-work game, kids. And if you need more tools, helps, tips, podcasts, coaching and the like, lovelifeshow.com. And we'll be here with you next week, same time, same place. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.